Blog Talk Radio. I think so. I 
think that I believe that's correct. I, I believe so. Yeah, because one. Yeah, I think it's two weight classes because Superfly is fifteen, Bantam one eighteen. Yeah, I think he's going up two weight classes. I just realized that. Yeah, um, but either way, it's a good re- replacement. It's a nice step up fight for him as a prospect. That's for sure. Um, and kudos to uh, Matchroom Eddie Hearn for for you know finding a suitable replacement that a lot of people are excited about this fight, and you just never know, you know. So they found another quality replacement because Martinez um, replaces Estrada, Juan Francisco Estrada for his fight. It was supposed to be the trilogy against Roman Chocolatito uh, Gonzalez. So Martinez, that's he's only going up one weight class, I believe. Yeah, but um, that's a good replacement. So, like I said, shots out to Eddie Hearn and Matchroom. Um, it's not easy getting replacements, especially quality ones, especially like a week before the fight starts. So uh, definitely kudos to them. Um, also from overseas, that'll be on the zone, by the way. Um, from overseas there, Sky Sports pay-per-view and Fight TV pay-per-view here. Of course, the uh, PBC on uh, Fox slash Fox pay-per-view. Um, that's where that Thurman Barrios fight resides. But Chris Eubank Jr. and Liam Williams. And then the return of Clarissa Shields, too, uh, is on Fight TV. I believe, I believe it's $40. Last week, that heavyweight fight was 50. I think this is 40. You know what? It could be 30 or 30. Kind of think it's 40, though. But either way, um, so we'll definitely preview and predict uh, a busy weekend. And then last week, I got a, a variety of messages and text messages saying, what happened at the end of the show? You know, the Skype just dropped on me randomly. It hasn't happened in a long, long time. But once you're in the archive, like you have two hours of live stream, then there's an hour of what you call archive where you can't, it's, it's a live, it's not live streaming anymore. It's just recording. So if you're on your phone, you can hear it. That's why I kind of tell people, you know, on the countdown to, to call in, you can't even hear it on the browser. So, but the thing is you can't, once you're in that mode, like if it hung up right now, I could call right back because we're live streaming. But once you get there, you can't. So I definitely will fill in some fight news. And, of course, the boxing Twitter segment, we always usually end with that. Or we, you know, read the tweet of the weeks. Tweet of the weeks. Well, it would be two weeks, right? The tweet of the week. Of course, we, you know, get entertained or just want to pull your head out. Pull your God, I'm all over the place. I think I have too much caffeine in my system. Pull your hair out with some of these fanboy tweets that you see. Of course, the media. The media members behaving as fanboys, so we like to uh, not just really roast them, just call them out for what it was. I mean, just like last week when we talked about Dan Raphael, former ESPN writer for a long time, um, you know, he's dogging uh, the Thurman Barrios fight because it's on pay-per-view. That's cool, but then he's literally making money on a sponsorship, interviewing Dong King for a fake shrinket WBA uh, heavyweight fight. And he's promoting that heavyweight fight, which was not even a title. You know, he's out there calling, you know, the WBA, the wretched WBA until they start paying me, right? Um, 
So, yeah, we definitely got to call some of those folks out, right? Um, anyway, oh, and then, of course, since we last talked, um, we think, you know, I was talking about I do think it's going to go to purse bid this time, and I think it's, you know, someone's going to win it. I got to admit, though, from what I was seeing and hearing, it kind of felt like Eddie Hearn was going to win that. And he put down a large chunk of money, no doubt about it. But it, in the end, it was Queensberry, Frank Warren, and obviously Bob Arum, OBT Sport in there too. Bob Arum, top rank ESPN. They set a record for Pierce. Did, what was it, $41 million? But is it just a done deal? Because there was all of a sudden, all the, it's just gone radio silent. And this is Eddie Hearn radio silent. <laughs> this guy can't stop talking. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm right there. But he's never, you know, he's never not liked a camera, right? Um, it's kind of radio silent from Dillian White in Eddie Hearn ever since that uh, purse bid went through. And that was what, Friday? Yeah, it was Friday. So. No IFL stuff. I mean, he, he, he actually probably is – he's going to be over here, right? Yeah, he's going to be over here for his card uh, with the Quadros and Bam Rodriguez. So I'm not – you know, a lot of people are paranoid that Dillian White is actually just going to duck the fight. And right now, if this is your career high, you're getting more money to fight Tyson Fury than you would have with Joshua based off the offers from – your own promoter, Eddie Hearn. Now I know they don't. I don't. I don't. I believe they don't have an actual contract. I think it's just fight by fight with Matchroom. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure I remember hearing that. But you know, that would be weird. Um, and maybe I'm naive with this. Uh, I don't think he'll he'll not sign the contract. Um, but you know, he is probably just in that arbitration, still trying to get the better per split, which I get. I do get because, sure, you can look at his last two fights and what he supposedly made. Um, I mean, we all know, at least in the States, what you supposedly made, you know, made, especially when it comes to pay-per-view, which he was fighting on a lot over in the, in the UK. We've heard he makes $5 million a fight. So maybe when it's all said and done with the gate, and the pay-per-view numbers and all that. Uh, and he did take that loss to Vivekan, so I'm sure his money went down. But um, it isn't a fair split, I'll say that. But, you know, it is what it is. It's still more money than you've ever made. And like I said, if you win the fight, you get some extra money in this low purse bid scenario too. Because what is it, 10% or 5%? I think it's 10% that they – is it 10% that they leave aside in the escrow? I believe. Anyway. So we're going to talk all about it. Like I said, no surprise. I did think it would finally come to a head and they finally do a purse bid. The only, well, I shouldn't say no surprise because a lot of people thought it'd be delayed. That's why I say, you know, say that. But, but I was a little surprised that they came up with that. So they're, they're going to do it in the U.K. Um, in a stadium fight. I think April 23rd is the working date. Um, Sounds like they're going to announce it next week, I believe. Um, so stadium, what is it, Cardiff? I think it's Cardiff. Stadium, Seton. Uh, they're going to do – it's kind of interesting. Frank Warren in a couple different in- interviews on IFL TV and Box uh, Boxing Social 
They said that they're going to, or no, maybe Bob Arum said this. My bad. It's it's on BT. No, I think I think they said BT Sport, and you can buy it on Sky Sports pay per view. I think he said that. Maybe I'm confusing what Bob said because remember how Bob said you got the ESPN Plus and that's where it's at. That ESPN Plus sign up for the app and they get to keep that money, right? They don't have to split it with the cable companies. But Bob said he's actually switching it up. And, yeah, you still can get it on ESPN uh, or on ESPN Plus on the app. But now, you know, in demand and and all the the cable networks will be carrying it as well, which I think is a smart move. Um, Maybe in five or ten years it will be different. I'm sure they're bracing themselves for that, but uh, I think that's a good move. Now, how will it do, you know, during the afternoon here in the States? Uh, It's interesting. I don't know. I'm not sure. I know that there'll be probably an NBA playoff game going on, but just one of them, if it's in the afternoon, just one of them. So it's not the craziest time. Uh, It's better than at night, maybe, but uh, what did he say? It was going to do about 500,000. I don't know. I don't think it'll hit 500,000, but we don't know exactly how big of a name Tyson Fury is here just yet because he hasn't done a fight without Wilder. So how much of that Wilder fan base, how much of the U.S. fan base in some of these fights over here have now said that's, that's, that's the heavyweight guy. That's our guy, you know, because we do adopt a lot of fighters over here in the U.S. So, it will be really interesting if he does 350 or something like even over 300,000 during the day. I mean, if he does what Bob says, 500,000, that'd be crazy. But even 300,000 during the day would be a, a really healthy number, really healthy number. So anyway, um, that was that was a pretty big deal. And we'll talk a little – well, actually, you know what? Let's get into that a little bit um, because – some folks are just freaking out, right? They're like, oh, my God, you know, a lot of U.K. fight fans are wondering what the hell's going on with Dillian White. Like I said, it's been radio silence. Like, where are you at, dude? Um, you know, you wanted this WBC belt and a shot at it for so long. Why haven't you sent your stuff in? But here's Keith Eidick on BoxingScene.com. It says, Fury White. WBC sets February 21 deadline for both to submit signed contracts for the title fight. So it sounds like Fury's obviously down for this, right? But we haven't heard much from Dillian, not just, you know, on a interview, but just in general, you know. And obviously, like it says here, you know, champion – Chip matches mandated by the WBC typically afford champions 70 to 30 in per splits. Um, sometimes it is 55-45. This one is 8 to 8 or 80 to, to 20. And then that, that's what it is. It's 10% of the winning bid beyond is set, winning bid being set aside as a win bonus. That's what it is. So basically um, 20 9.5 million is what Fury uh, is going to make. White would make 7.3. An additional 4.1 
would be left in the escrow for whoever wins. So, I mean, that's that's healthy, dude. You could be if you won the fight, you could make over eleven million dollars if you're Dillian White. So now that would be if you win it two times what you were two yeah two times a little more than two times more of what you'd uh, got for fighting Anthony Joshua or what you were offered I should say so um, it says here Fury is believed to be more than willing to accept the terms set forth by the WBC and sign the contract the London based Jamaican born white hasn't commented publicly since you know the bid submission so um, you know it is what it is. Now, Matchroom, like I said, did bid. They bid 32.2 repeating million. So, I mean, they were right there, uh, almost $9 million a little, you know, less. But still, that's pretty big. Um, so we'll see, you know. Um, I, like I said, maybe I'm being naive, and, and I'll fully admit if I'm wrong here. Okay, I will 100% admit I'm wrong. Just like I thought last week that Eddie was going to win the first bid. I admit I was wrong. <laughs> you know, I was wrong. I did think Eddie was going to do it. Um, I thought maybe because you know we've heard that he that Tyson only has one fight on his top rank contract. So I was thinking maybe they'll probably feel pretty confident they could beat Dillian White. So let him pay for it, let, you know, and him meaning Eddie Hearn, and, you know, have uh, have Warren and Aram take their little percentage, you know, kind of like, as an example, when Tiafima Lowe fought on a different, um, you know, platform, Bob said he got 20% of Tiafima's money. So I thought maybe he'd be okay with that. Then on the undisputed fight, a lot of people think Usyk's going to win that fight, then maybe do it here in Vegas, and then put up uh, the big money. I mean, it wouldn't even be a purse bid. But then maybe you could assure yourself on that last, you know, fight for his contract. Who knows? Maybe they've re-upped, you know? Maybe they've re-upped. It's not just top rank, but we've heard this plenty where your contract's about to be up, and then they're like, hey, we'll get you the, you know, why don't you sign? Here's a big check, blah, 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 blah. So um, I'm, I, I like the fight. You know, I like this uh, little four-man tournament. You know, I like the feel of it. If this is April 23rd, then they're saying June, potentially, for AJ and Usyk rematch. And then whatever it is, December or whatever the hell it would be, um, you know, for them to fight then. That would be dope. Winners fight the winners, man. Sign me up. And there's no tight two fight deal here either with the first bit. So that that's dope too. Um so yeah, there there is uh, like I said, some current fight news we'll get into. I do apologize, like I said, what happened to the audio last week, it it just fell off. You know, I fell off uh my Skype, so I'll definitely uh finish the show like I normally do. I'm just kinda I had to find some time this week. It's a really busy week, so I'm just kind of doing the, the, the show solo. I do see some people that called in. If you want to press one, cool. If not, you're just listening. That's cool, too. Um, if this is your first time listening to the Rope Dope Radio podcast, welcome. It streams 
live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope radio but you don't have to go to blog talk and rope it open and download the show directly there or, you know stream it on the browser there you can find the platform on apple podcast iHeartRadio, player fm tune in stitcher spricker amazon music also part of the grueling true sports podcast network while you're at it why don't you head on over to the grueling truth and one more thing if you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, i got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. The prices start as low as $69.99 a month. It's the best of live TV and on-demand. No annual contracts. No hidden fees. If you upgrade to Choice or Ultimate Package, that gives you three free months of HBO Max. Plus, you get to enjoy regional sports networks with no additional fees. And boxing fans, two things here. If you go all the way to the premiere package, that'll give you HBO Max plus Showtime. As we know, Showtime had the best fights last year. Um, is included in that package. That's Direct TV Stream. And Showtime is $11, by the way, on this platform. Okay. Okay. So we're going to get into this weekend in just a second. I do want to talk about um, the ESPN card. Um, Conceição and Xavier um, Martinez. Tiger Johnson won a four-rounder. Um, kind of a slow start. Actually did get some good rounds in, considering he's a prospect, and I thought he made some nice adjustments uh, beyond, like, the first two rounds. He won. Um, then you had uh, Cabrera. Giovanni Cabrera, who had been out of the ring about as long as as Keith Thurman, right? Like two and a half years. He was taking on Rene Tellez, um, Jerome, uh, or Jerome. And this was crazy, because Jerome was supposed to fight somebody else. He was five pounds over. And Cabrera, who at least, you know, he's been out of the ring for a long time. At least, I guess he's got an excuse there a little bit. But he was five. Both of them were five pounds over. But especially like, you know, Jerome. Like, dude, you pull an upset, you're getting a good spot on TV, and you're five pounds over? That was weak, dude. That was weak. Um, I got to admit, Cabrera, he moved okay. Showed, showed some skills. I wasn't all that impressed, though. Uh, he got a little bit of arm punchy in there. Um, and then... Jerron just couldn't, or Jerome just couldn't, you know, it probably because he spent himself making, trying to make weight, I should say, um, that he just, he wasn't that effective. He just wasn't throwing enough. Um, Ollie's grandson won. Um, that's about it. Uh, I'm trying to think. What was the other fight? I did watch one more fight of that. Beyond the main event, of course. Um, I thought... Maybe it'll come to my head. Conceição, um, I gave him the first two rounds. I thought the jab and right hands, just busier in general. Uh, he was either throwing the right hand to the body or to the head. I thought that kind of won him those rounds. Uh, Martinez, I think in that first round late, did land some, like a nice body shot. And overall, that's probably some of the best things he did beyond those, those short left hooks. In the third round, speaking of short left hooks, um, those short left hooks to the body or head, I think 
it was late in that third round where he kind of buzzed him with the left hand. May have fully hurt him. I'm not sure, but that was a good shot. So you got to give him that round. Fourth round, I did think Conceso bounced back. He kind of tr- controlled most of that round behind the jab, right? Uh, I did think uh, Xavier Xavier uh, bounced back, though. Once again, those short shots, hooks to the head and body, just better lands in the fifth round. Uh, gave Conceso the sixth. I thought um, he was doing a good shot or good job of blocking shots. Um, I thought he did a good job there. Um, and he just landed, you know, landed cleaner. Um, the seventh round, that was close. I thought that was pretty close. Maybe you could give it to a Martinez. Um, possibly. I don't know. I, I, I think I gave it to um, Conceição, but it was close. Same with the eighth round. I gave it to him. Um, just more jabs, that head movement. He started using a little bit more of that. A few rights to boot in that. Uh, there was a late, I marked it down on my scorecard, there was a nice overhand right late by Martinez, and he kind of carried that into the ninth round. Um, really, really, like 80, 80 seconds in to that ninth round, a nice right hand, and then a counter right hand, like with 20 or 30 seconds left, something like that. So I think he, even though Conceso um, was sticking and moving and maybe a tad busier, I thought the better shots were Martinez in that ninth round. Uh, tenth round, that was close to be honest with you. Um, Conceso, once again, mostly jabs, but he landed a couple of really hard jabs late that may have done it a decent combo here and there. Martinez, I don't know. Um, but after 10 rounds, I did have it like 7-3. to three. Um, 6-4, to four, I could see that. Uh, maybe 8-2, to two, but I was, I was cool with 7-3. to three. Um, maybe six three one or something like that um, for Conceição. Uh, the scorecards they had it a little further though, 190, 99 to 91, and then 98, 92. I could see the 98, 92, but I didn't think it was a shutout. I think Martinez won at least two or three rounds, maybe even four. I don't know, but um, it was a good performance, especially coming off uh, what I thought was a damn good performance. The second half of the fight for Conceição. Sure, you could you know you could criticize him there, but overall, um, he looked pretty good to me. Not that you know Martinez. We talked about this last week. He's not. Neither guy is really busy, right? But I did like how Xavier, when he did throw, a lot of times it would be in combination. But yeah, he just. I mean, Bradley kept saying he's got to come forward. He's got to come forward. He's got to get on the inside, and that's very true. But. That's not always Martinez's game, per se. I mean, he may come forward and all that, but just sitting on the inside like that and banging him out, don't get me wrong, on the way up as a prospect, he's shown he can do that. He can get a guy on the rope um, and go to, you know, bang out to the body. And, you know, like I said, he was throwing some nice short shots and stuff, but he just wasn't able to close the gap enough. And he just, the urgency. You know, I thought it was, he was a good sport at the end when they read the, the cards and he lost. And he's, you know, uh, applauding, quote, say so and all that. But it just didn't seem like he did enough, you know. 
he just he was just leaving something short of it. Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of it was that jab. Some of it was just blocking shots. Um, but it was a it was a pretty good fight. Um, but a clear win. Even if you had it six four, I think that's real clear clear six four though. You know what I mean? That's why I was kind of bringing up the six three one. Uh, I think I could go there seven to three somewhere in there. Um, but yeah, we'll see where he goes. I doubt he's going to get Oscar Valdez because you know, obviously. I mean, even if Oscar Valdez were to lose April thirtieth, if in fact that fight is on that date with uh, Shakur Stevenson, they're not going to put him in with Conceição right after he were you know right after loses. Now, if he beats Stevenson, there might be a rematch in there, or maybe then they would, but I don't know. Something tells me that, uh, you know, they're not going to go back to that. I don't know. That's just my uh, opinion on that. But I'm glad that, you know, like I said, these were guys, these were guys on like the, the, the lower half of 130. And so, you know, it's, it keeps Martinez got to climb back up into try to get into the contender range again, and Conceso can keep moving. And uh, top rank does have some 130 fighters, so let's hope uh, he gets in there probably sometime this summer. I just hope we get over February now. Welcome to February, by the way. Um, and so yeah, three, four months, something like that, five months, sometime in the summer, maybe July or something like that. Be nice to have in the summer. Um, Let's see here. We will, like I said, get to some current fight news and some boxing Twitter stuff. I was going to talk about that Showtime card. Um, Oh, you know what? Someone actually sent me this a little bit earlier. This is from Jake Donovan, one of the best, if not the best, um, boxing media members out there. We We need to have Jake on here soon. I just... It's it's hard to match up with them on this weird schedule I have now. Uh, anyway, Jamal Charlo cleared of robbery charges, case dismissed. Remember that whole thing that oh this he did this and then he pushed that person and it was a second degree felony robbery at a martini bar in San Antonio and. Um, they determined from the investigation from the video surveillance that uh, it was not like that. Yeah, basically, there was a misunderstanding over a payment that was originally being declined due to a fraud alert, you know, and basically, which is a common occurrence uh, experienced by the chase card holders. And basically, he just, he's like, just give me my card back. You know, maybe I'll give you a different card, but you know, I want my card back, you know, and so it was kind of a weird, it didn't sound legit when the first report, it, it just didn't, you know what I mean? Um, and I did read, you know, those statements originally, because uh, we had gotten one side, but we hadn't gotten the other side. So um, that always looked kind of fishy to me, I'm not going to lie. And uh, so there you go. There you have it. Those charges. Now, I mean the the case was dismissed, so it's not like they copped a plea. Um, now maybe in civil, we could find something out there. You know, potentially. I I I, I don't know. I mean, the police investigated and uh, got charged, and then 
it got dropped. So uh, that's where we stand with that, okay? And it just in time because uh, it appears anyway that Jamal Charlo will get that Canelo Alvarez fight. In fact, Eddie Reynoso was just talking about, hey, Charlo probably sells the most pay-per-views, even though I think Golovkin does. But Charlo can definitely sell with an unbeaten record. And he can, you know, talk better than Golovkin. He can talk better than Caleb Plant. Now, I don't know if he's going to smack him like Plant. but And I wonder, are they just going to go in Vegas or are they going to go in Texas? But Eddie also said we could do a fight in May, fight Charlo, and then we might be willing to fight Golovkin if he comes up to 168, fight Golovkin. But he was talking about Mexico City. And that would be interesting because you're not going to, although you'd get a a monster crowd that you could, you're probably not going to get 15 or 20 million at the gate or over 20 million at the gate if you fuck a love kid. I'm, I mean, in Vegas you could, but I'm saying, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Maybe they could get, well, they'll definitely get it over 10 million because uh, they got a big ass stadium there. So, but then again, how inexpensive are those tickets going to be? The bigger the stadium, the more cheap seats, which is great for the fans. But I'm just wondering. The reason why I bring that up is because if they're going to pay like Canelo $50 million or whatever, 40 or $50 million to fight Golovkin, they're going to probably want the biggest gate they can get, you know. Then again, maybe, you know, through the Department of Tourism, <laughs> through Mexico, Mexico, Maybe they'd be, or, or maybe some rich Mexican, uh, you know, I, I don't know exactly who would do it, but maybe some sort of, you know, someone there would be willing to buy the fight or whatever. I don't know. It would be dope, though, to see Canelo fight in Mexico in a stadium, in an open-air stadium. That would be dope. By the way, there's 10 minutes left. We were just talking about this. There's 10 minutes of, left of the live stream. Um, so you can dial 646-381-4990. One more time. That's 646-381-4990. The number should be right there in the browser um, as well. And that'll – you got nine, a little under 10 minutes. Okay, 9 minutes, 55, 54, 53. You get the picture. Okay, so let's talk about this weekend fights um you know i've seen cozen i think it's aaron cozen cozen i've seen her fight like once before she's taken on clarissa shields she's a pretty heavy underdog plus 900 plus 1040 plus 1200 clarissa should handle her business by the way like i mentioned this is on fight tv the app Okay, and I think it's a forty-dollar pay-per-view. Don't one hundred percent quote me though. I no, I don't think it's over forty. I'll, I'll say that it could be. Maybe I'm getting it wrong. Maybe it's thirty-five or thirty, but it's under forty. I do know that. So it is a discounted pay-per-view. No matter what you think of, you know, the pay-per-view. Um, and that's during the afternoon. Because it's, you know, from the UK, it's going to be on Sky Sports pay-per-view. Chris Eubank Jr. and Liam Williams 
is the main event. This got pushed back a little bit because they did, in the month of January, remember they shut down boxing uh, for no live events. So they did have to uh, push this back a little bit. It's cool that they were able to salvage it and get it, you know, pretty much up and running real This is a much closer match here. Um, you can get Liam Williams for anywhere from like plus 215 all the way up to plus 250. FanDuel, um, BetMGM, they have them uh, 250, plus 250. So that's, you know, two, two and a half uh, point underdog. Um you know, Liam Williams is a, is a is a solid fighter. You know what I mean? Um, I think Eubank Jr. is going to win this fight. But, I don't know, Eubank Jr. does kind of fight on levels, as we've seen. It's too bad he wasn't able to fight Charlo or somebody over here. I know he had that one fight that uh, was against Korobov, where, you know, Korobov got hurt right away. But it looked like they were lining him up. Um, they did get him out. Well, for Charlo, just to finish that sentence. <laughs> they did get him out last year twice. I think he fought twice last year, didn't he? Um, I mean, one of the dudes was like Marcus Morrison. Uh, I didn't see that fight. But it looks like he won 8-2. And then another guy I really don't know much about. So they got him out there in last October. So at least, you know, he's sharp that way. Um, It was last spring, I want to say March or April, I think it was April, where Liam Williams put up a nice effort against Andre. Now, you know, did he win? You know five rounds or, or something like that. No, he didn't. He didn't. But he made it interesting. He's a good pressure fighter. Um, he had a good performance against Alantis Fox. I recall that one. Uh, him and Liam Smith, back-to-back good fights there. Uh, he, he was lo- lost at those fights, but good fights, though. Um, so, yeah, I think it'll just be, you know, Pressure, pressure, pressure. Liam Williams is definitely going to want to cut the ring off and try to just, you know, bang it out. I mean, that's basically what he's going to try to do. Uh, For the weight class, I wouldn't say that um, Eubank has, like, really a a long reach or anything like that. I think it's, like, 72. They're both about the same height. Um, Eubank can fight at range. Um, on this level, I don't expect to see him moving a ton. Uh, he's definitely got some good pop. He's shown some good power as well, uh, especially at 160. Um, so, yeah, I mean, because, you know, we've seen him uh, fought DeGale um, at 168. He fought Groves at 168. He was at one Abraham, that's right. He, so he was at 168 for a while. So, um I think Eubank Jr. Uh, will win. Is he going to win by stoppage? You know, maybe stylistically he'll run into something, Williams, and that's how he 
either hurts him or just knocks him straight out. My guess is he won't stop him. Although, like I mentioned, at 160, he's definitely uh, got more power. Um, so, uh, you know, if it is, I'll just call for like a TKO. I mean, he did knock out Yildrum early, too. <laughs> so I'm thinking something like a... Uh, let's see, like a 9-3. Like a 9-3 to three fight, something like that. Could it be 8-4? to four? Maybe, especially if he's able to really get... Um, inside and stay there and just kind of roughhouse Eubank Jr. and kind of smother him. Does have good fundamentals to an extent. He does make some mistakes, but I I like him here in this fight. I do like him, but it's not going to be all that easy. It's not going to be all that easy. Uh, But I do have him by decision. Like I said, if it's a knockout, then I'd say TKL. But that's probably what it will be. And that's from... uh, Cardiff, Wales, as well. So, there is that. Otto Wallen is on that um, card as well. Just kind of staying busy because we knew he didn't, you know, he didn't get that uh, didn't get that fight with Dillian White, unfortunately for him. And then, on the zone, Bam Rodriguez, Jesse Rodriguez, uh, goes up. Wait, is it Bantamweight or Junior? Maybe he's only going up one. Maybe I'm screwing up. Is it Junior Phantom or Fold? I think it's Junior. I think I screwed up. I think I screwed up. Um, but he's taking on Carlos Quadro. So, you know, this is interesting. I, I do, I do like this fight. I, I, I am interested in this fight. I think this is going to be. You know, I'm not going to necessarily call it rock'em, sock'em, but I like this fight a lot. Um, the last time he fought, actually, you know what? It was against Estrada, I know that, but did he fight last year? I don't think he did. No, I don't think he did. I should double-check that, but I'm almost positive. I think he fought kind of later 2020. Against Estrada, I think that's what it was. Um, and he knocked down Estrada kind of early in that fight. Ended up getting stopped in the 11th, I believe, 10th or 11th. Got knocked down early, Estrada did. No problem. It just said 90 seconds, by the way, 646-3814-990. Yeah, actually, somebody just... Uh, Texted me saying, yeah, the 20, uh, October 2020. Yep. So he's been out of the ring for quite some time. He's taking on Jesse Rodriguez, Bam Rodriguez, uh, un- unbeaten, 14 and 0, 10 KOs. Um, you know, what would be his, his, his best? You know, he took on a, a prospect who was 11 and 0. I remember seeing that fight. He, he really hasn't yeah, – he really hasn't – this is a big step up for him. Now, is Quattro's, you know, 100% in his prime at this time? Probably not. I mean, he's been in boxing for 
a long time now, you know. So it's I can't remember exactly how long, but it's been it's been over ten years, you know. I know that it's been over ten years. So it's probably like twelve or maybe eleven or twelve. It's like two thousand ten or two thousand nine or somewhere in that realm when he made his pro debut and he has a lot of fights. Really came on, you know, uh down the stretch of the last few years and made a lot of noise, I'll give him credit. Um so is he right for the picket? I mean we're twelve, thirteen, fourteen we're like fifteen months revo- removed since his last fight. And like I said, I'm almost positive I checked yesterday, the day before, when I heard that they're switching this. I think it was yesterday I checked. And uh, Bam was scheduled on the undercard. So he's not just coming off the couch like, hey, you need me? Yeah, I'm good. You know, it's, not, it's not anything like that. And it opened up. Uh, what was it? The opening? Did I, I think I saved that. It opened up. Maybe I didn't. The betting odds opened up. Yeah, must have not saved it. Damn, thought I did. Well, they're no longer that. Okay, let's put it that way. Um, it was close. It was basically like a pickle. That's basically what it was. And and actually, Bam was a slight underdog, very slight, like a plus one ten, I believe. And I'm kind of mad that I I didn't see that post. Because now, you know, Quattro's is like plus 210. I'm seeing plus 230, plus 225. So it's a lot, it's wider. It's not, as far as boxing goes, that I wouldn't call that wide. Um, I still think it's kind of 50-50-ish because Quattro's can box, he can bang. He can, uh, he's got plenty of power. Like I was saying, he put Estrada down like in the fourth round or something like that early, third or fourth round. Actually, I think it was the third, but um, he's a good-ass fighter, and he's fought a bunch of names and done well, too. Even in defeat, he's done really well. So, I, I don't know. This one's, I didn't have much time to think about this. As you can tell, I'm kind of tap dancing my way through this one. But I don't know, man. I kind of think – I mean, I favor the younger fighter. Like I said, he is coming up in weight. So, I mean, that, that plays into it. I think you got to put that into the equation. I think that's only fair. Um, I'm going to go with Bam Bam Jesse. I'm going with Jesse. I do realize he is coming up in weight. Yeah, he's been fighting at right, – well, you know, he's been fighting at, like, he fought at 115. Ah, that's right. He fought at 115 in 2018. I'm looking at it now. 115. You know what? Oh, shit, that's right. He fought at 130 <laughs> before. But he's actually fought at 115. Just of late, he's been around 110. So, um. So that is, I mean, tech, yeah, 115. So he's going up. Yeah, so, hmm, interesting. So 115, 112, 109, is that what it is, or 108, 
some reason I'm just having some issues. But I mean, like I said, uh, Quattro's, you know, Estrada twice. Uh, even had a pretty damn good close fight against Arroyo. Um, Chocolatito, obviously, he's fought. I mean, the guy has, you know, dude's fought some fights, some fighters, man. There's just no, no doubt about it. So, but I, uh, I think I'll go back and forth this week, but I'm going to go with what is not a slight upset any longer. It was going to be a slight upset, but it's no longer. But I'm going to go with the young buck, Jesse, from the Robert Garcia gym. That's who I'm going with. Riverside stand up. That gym. That's where I'm going. I'm going with Bam to beat him. I think it's going to be a good fight, though. I think it's going to be a really good fight, actually. I think TV-wise, that's a damn good fight. So I'm really happy. And when I, you know, let's say you're watching. I don't know how this shit's going to time out. But let's say you're watching that pay-per-view, right, the Fox pay-per-view. You know, the co-feature, eh, Leo Santa Cruz staying busy, not really a good co-feature, right? Now, who knows? Maybe it'll be entertaining for four or five rounds and then Santa Cruz takes over. I don't know. But, you know, it's not something that's appealing. Beyond just, hey, they're going to punch each other in the head, right? But it's not something I'm like, oh, that's going to be that's going to be a tough fight. You never know. You never know. But uh, maybe Leo has his eyes, you know, on that Magsayo uh, uh, belt in future matchups, whatever, right? So my point is, co-feature is not really cool. I like some of the other fights on the undercard, but not the co-feature. If you could time it and you could pause the pay-per-view and use this as your co-feature. Now, if this is the co-feature, Rodriguez and Quadros, that's a pretty damn good co-feature, right? So that's what I'm going to attempt to do, okay? That's what I'm going to attempt to do. So when I look at it that way and go, huh, that's on the zone. It's coming from Phoenix. Um, that That's probably what I'll try to do. Like I said, I think I'm going to try to do that. Okay, so anyway, um, we have the the pay-per-view, right? And we've been down this road with this pay-per-view in pay-per-viewing. So, for instance, this pay-per-view is a perfect example. I would have liked, and I've said it multiple times, that it would have been cool if this was a like the Ortiz uh, Martin pay per view where it's forty bucks, you know that'd have been cool. It's not; it's full price, okay, seventy five bucks. I, I wish they would have put it in the theater like they have with some of their other ones, because um, then it's twenty five, right? I would have definitely done that, but because Fox has been, I mean, I even saw a quick commercial for it. In you know over the over on Sunday, you know on that what was it that that Rams 49ers game San Francisco and LA in the conference final I think it did I think it averaged 50 million viewers and it peaked at like 56 million or some shit like that. They even flashed it up during there, but 
whether it's on Fox during college basketball, a little during football, but also like on FS1, I've seen that commercial a bunch. So my point is, the reason why I'm saying it, and that's also why it's not going to do – some people, oh, it's going to do 20,000 buys if they're lucky, 30,000 if they're lucky. That's just doing at least 100,000 just to based off the marketing. But either way, I'm not saying Keith Thurman's this ready-made guy that'll you know get you 250 and up on paper. It's 250,000 easy, you know. Barrios is coming off a, a fight that was successful as far as in the crowd. You know, it looked like it made a little bit of money at least, um, and, or you know, more than broke even if you look at the pay-per-view numbers. Um, but my point is the fact that they did market this on Fox and FS1 during, you know, for sports, I had two of my friends that are, one's a casual fight fan, and the other one's, I guess, kind of a common boxing fan. When we were in, like, high school, he was definitely, uh, like most of us, way, you know, like most of America, way bigger of a fan then. But he saw the commercial multiple times. He's like, oh, Keith Thurman? Okay, I know him. Oh, Leo Santa Cruz? You know what's funny? Even though he's not on the card now, Jose Cito Lopez. And I was like, Jose Cito's on there because, you know, Jose Cito did fight Canelo. Um, and he's like, dude, I'm in. I'm in. So, you know, it's 25 bucks for me. So I am getting it. But I got to admit, this one right here, if I was already just because I work at a brewery, right? And so if I'm working that night, I can't say that I necessarily – if it's just going to be me watching it and I'm not watching it live, and I I don't know if I would have bought this one. I probably would have wait, waited till later at night when I got home and tried to go to Daily Motion or YouTube or something. I got to admit, I don't know if I would – I don't know. It's not like 75 bucks is going to break me. I just don't know. Cause, so I understand the whole pay-per-view main event thing in this one. You know, and I don't really want to talk about it that much more because I've already talked about it on the pod enough. So I understand when a guy's been out of the ring for 30 months, right, and they're both off losses, even though, you know, losses don't count, but the pay-per-view thing. There's people that just are never going to buy pay-per-view. They just don't buy it ever. I'm cool with those people. Because they're not picking and choosing to call something. You know, some people, just if it's their favorite fighter, they'll buy that one. It may be good or not. I mean, Pacquiao and uh, Mayweather, I mean, when he fought Guerrero, when he fought Berto, although that was a good undercard, when Pacquiao fight Algeri and Rios, like, those weren't good main event pay-per-views. Those were mismatches, you know? And, you know... Most of the time, Manny's undercards didn't have a bunch of good fights on it. Floyd at times did because he would put some of the money up. He was the promoter, too. So there was times where he did. I mean, I do remember that Mayweather Berto had a good undercard. But my point is, it's entertainment value. Some people will say, I'd never buy something like this and then turn around and buy an exhibition. You know what I mean? So... It is what it is. Whatever you feel about it, whatever you think about it, like I said, I got to admit, though, um, I have the night off. I'm doing a bunch of shit during the day, midday, and then I have the night off. So, you know, I am going to watch it with some folks. So, yeah, I am getting it. 
I'm not super happy with it. Talking about, well, well, first of all, some of the undercard fights, like I said, you know, I hope that the Santa Cruz fight is good, but on paper, I don't know. Now, Neri and Castro, you know, an, an unbeaten prospect, stepping up to Neri, that could get interesting. And, you know, is Luis Neri going to be stuck between styles still, or are we going to kind of see the, you know, a couple of years ago Neri? Like on boxing Twitter, this dude had a hardcore fan base, this Neri dude. Then he got with Eddie Reynoso. They started kind of working on his style a little bit. And at the top level, the win, he needed, you know, to worry about other stuff, right? But he was such a, I don't know, dynamo, someone used to call him. Like he's such a explosive, just, I'm com- he's a little dude, but I'm coming at you type shit. You know what I mean? And he was devouring a couple people. And it really got people pumped. Then it was like, oh, this dude's boring now, you know? So which guy, I mean, when he's in there with a guy who's pretty green, not like Castro has a ton of power. Um, as an opener to a pay-per-view, I mean, you do get two fights on the, the prelim, too. But as an opener, it's a pretty good opener. And, and it's one of, it's actually, it might be the close. Yeah, it is the closest. I'm looking at the, it's the closest matched on the, on the betting odds of the weekend. So you have uh, plus 145, that's the highest I see, minus 175, minus 189 for Lewis Neri. So, I mean, that's a 50-50 fight because we really don't know, is Neri going to try to box and be stuck, like I said, in the middle and not necessarily just do what he does? Doesn't he now isn't, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's not with Eddie anymore. And no offense to Eddie Reynoso, great trainer phenomenal trainer but sometimes it just doesn't line up i know that he was saying he also kind of wanted a a trainer to be a little bit more you know like with canelo fights or garcia or you know i think i don't know i think i'm not sure if that was it uh as well but either way as an opener i i like the fight i mean they could have put that in the co-feature i'd have been happier than that right than what we got in the co-feature but i get it leo said I mean, that's part of the reason why my common boxing fan in casual, they know Leo Santa Cruz. They know Barrios, too. They know Thurman already because Thurman got a lot of exposure, right? And he fought Pacquiao and all that. So they know Thurman. Um, some of them knew Barrios because he just fought Tank. And then they know Leo. Some of, uh, one of them know, knew Leo, Leo for a while. One of them knew, knew him because he fought um, me and, I think, yeah, me and him watched or did yeah, I think I watched it with him, the uh, Gervonta and Santa Cruz. So um and there might be another person. So shit man, if I could split that thing up four ways, now we're cooking. But yeah, I gotta admit I might be hitting the daily motion slash YouTube if I came home at two in the morning and was gonna wa- start watching fights. Uh, I gotta admit that. But anyway, so because Jose Cito got hurt Abel got bumped down, right? But his nephew, like I mentioned, Jesus Ramos, is fighting Vladimir Hernandez. And, you know, for where he's at, okay, for where he's at in his career, 
this is a good fight. Now, a lot of people will go, Vladimir Hernandez, dude, look at his record. It's like 13-4 and four with 6 KOs, you know, and he got stopped already and all that. But, I mean, if you look at it, I was looking at his uh, – I mean, I've seen him fight multiple times, but I went back and, like, what, what – why does he have that kind of record right now? One, two, three, four, five, six. So seven fights in, he was already taking on, let's say, decent talent, right? He, he took a loss in a competitive fight. Then he took a loss in even a more competitive fight against Luna. Um, Torres, Umberto Torres, this is in 2014. Then he won a couple against, at that time, an undefeated prospect, but they were you know, full eight rounders, and you can see the scorecards, they're pretty close. Then, so this is, I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. In his twelfth fight, he fought Madrimov. Okay? So now he got stopped in the sixth round, but Madrimov, you know, a lot of people thought and still think that he's gonna run one fifty four. So, better in his last fight, a couple fights before that, didn't look as good. But he's developing, too. But, I mean, you know, and then he turns around and faces another unbeaten prospect, right? And that guy's still, well, he's still 14-0. I don't know. I actually didn't see that fight. But I do remember this one in 2020. Angulo had... He had beaten Quillen. Remember that? The big upset there. That's right. Oh, my God. The box wreck. I forgot this hairstyle. The box wreck Angulo. It's just, it's just lovely. Um, so he was coming off that fight, and uh, Hernandez cleanly beat Angulo, right? And I'm not saying Angulo was anywhere near his prime, because obviously he wasn't. But then he turned around and had a really competitive fight that he won um late last year against J-Rock, Julian Williams, the former unified 154-pound champ. Um, That was a split decision, but he he got the job done. So to me, yeah, he's 13-4. and I get it. But, you know, for having, you know, 21 fights to fight Julian Williams, to fight my, my dream off to fight some good fight. You know, he fight this uh, Daniel Valdivia or Val- Valdivia, something like that. And he had to, you know, he had a rematch right after. I mean, the, the biggest, the widest card is 78, 74 in both fights. Otherwise, it's 75, 75, uh, 78, 74, 77, 75. Yeah, there's one, two, four of the six cards are 77, 75. So eight rounds. So those are good. this. My point is, this is a good fight for for uh, Ramos. I like this fight for him. And although I kind of wanted to see this as the main event portion on Fox, you know, and also more exposure for him, I get it. They had to tweak it because you know, obviously they had to tweak the shit uh, because of the injury. So to me, that's a can't miss action fight. Like you can't sit there and tell me that's not going to be fun. So. Yes, Leo Santa Cruz fight, I'm hoping it's fun. But it's like a good TV fight. But Ramos and Hernandez and Narian Castro, I like the fight on the undercard. 
And then um, the Fox card is Abel Ramos against Luke Santa Maria. And then Ryan Carl against Omar Juarez. And Omar Juarez is a prospect, right? And he actually, um, you know, he, he, he took a he took a L uh, in what his second to last fight against Riviera, all Riviera or whatever. Um, and we know that Ryan Carl comes to fight. He comes to brawl. And so if you're on the prospect level, right, which that's where Omar Juarez is, that's a good fight. And that's why I'm saying that fight, and then when I was saying Hernandez and Romas, that was the, the Fox card. And as far as, like, prospect against kind of that step-up fight to an extent that'll test you at least, that's fine with me. But Ramos and uh, Santa Maria, that's a pretty good fight, man. So what is that, six fights? So there's only one fight I don't have interest in. And I know that it's not six fights for the pay-per-view, actually, but, you know, it's it's free on Fox. So that night, you're you're getting six fights. So five of the six fights I have interest in. So that, that Lucas Santa Maria, he's a plus 240. I see a plus 325. Ramos fights, though, at levels. I will say that, like many fighters. He does fight at levels, so I'm, I'm kind of wondering there. I don't see any odds for Ryan Carl and the Cowboy Carl. I don't see any odds for that. But would I be shocked if he gave Juarez a tough fight and hurt him and stuff like that? The dude just comes keeps coming forward. Juarez, it's interesting, man, because he's got skill. He's got some pop. It just seems like there's just something missing. He still has some development to do. He's already taken a loss early in his career, so I like the fight. You know, I'm not trying to call it a crossroads fight. I guess you could say for prospect-wise, if he loses twice, you know, it would kind of derail his, his prospect career right now. Um, but I like the fight. I'm not going to lie. I mean, that's the thing, like, like the other day, I think it was yesterday, maybe it was today, you know, people keep calling this uh, Thurman and Barrios a shit fight. And, and I just tweeted it, responding to somebody saying, dude, like, you can say you don't think it's worthy of a pay-per-view main event. That's completely different than calling it a crappy or a shit fight. It's not a shit fight. I mean, 30 months out of the ring, Barrios was already going to 147. And I get Bar- Barrios is a good money fight. And why, if you're going to take on a name like Thurman, why not take him when he's 30 months out? You know what I mean? Why not? I mean, even that almost two years when he came back against Jose Cito, he looked good, Thurman did early. Then he got tagged twice, remember? What was that, the seventh round or something like that? My point is, You know, for all the mismatches or the showcases or just even a number one or number two guy in the division taking on a top 10 or top 15 guy, right? Sometimes you can have a number one guy taking on the eight guy, and it's it's six to one, eight to one, nine to one. 
this is not a shitty fight. Like, for instance, if it if it's up, let's say it's a great fight and it's up for fight of the year. Are you going to think lesser of it because it was a pay-per-view main event? No, I get it. The stakes aren't as high as some other fight. I, I understand differentiating that part as far as if they're both great fights, the more meaningful fight generally will win fight of the year. You know what I mean? I get that. Or you'll win, you know, it, it'll just mean more. And, and so I understand that. And I, and I, and I agree with that um, to an extent anyway. But when you look at, when you, and this is just, you know, I don't, I think people would be clarifying this if this was just a top rank card. I do. I think they'd be like, I'm not crazy about it being on pay-per-view, but it is an interesting fight. I mean, the odds right now, Barrios plus 146, plus 160. Plus 165 is the highest, and that's on five dimes. Otherwise, you see plus 137, plus 130. Betting the gambling line, the betting line, people that, you know, set the money has this as basically close to a 50-50 fight. And there's a lot of unknowns with Thurman. He says he's healthy. He says he's ready to go. But his style, everyone's going to be a little rusty anyway, and timing takes a little while when you're out for 30 freaking. I mean, look at Pac. Pac coming off a brilliant performance two years later. Didn't look that good. Not, not taking any credit away from Ugas. But he didn't look all that good. Well, shit. I mean, 30, what was it? Yeah, it was almost two years the last time he did this. Because it was March, Jesus Christ, it's hard to keep track. March 2019, or no, 2017. And then he came back January 2019 because then he fought in July. And that's what he's trying to do now. Fight early in the year and then sometime in the summer. Although he got knocked down in the first round. He had a good opening round, if you remember correctly. Uh, But the first handful of rounds it took him a while then all of a sudden he started unloading on Pacquiao and got back in the fight but my point is 30 months out of the goddamn and he could hurt himself in the fourth round you know the way his injuries go so like I said if you're not going to get it on pay-per-view can't find anybody to watch it or you just don't think it's worth it or like I said you don't you don't buy any papers cool but to act like this isn't an intriguing fight in some form, considering all the four plus, you know, four hunters plus. I mean, I can look at the damn shit right now. Plus four seventy five, uh, plus four fifty, plus a thousand, plus you know, a lot of pluses in boxing, as we know. My, uh, plus eight fifty is Catterall against Josh Taylor, like. Gutierrez, holy shit. Gutierrez is a plus 550 against Colbert. Plus 700. I didn't know there was that. It was that wide. Wow. I do favor Colbert, but wow. Wow. Anyway, my point is there's a, there's a difference. This isn't a shit fight. It, it just isn't. I'm intrigued in it, but I get it. I get the whole pay-per-view. But anyway, I think Thurman... I think he's got enough skill, enough power. He did say that the new Thurman, <laughs> the new Thurman, and I, I'm not laughing just at Thurman. You know, fighters always say this shit. Oh, I'm doing a proof. And sometimes they are, but sometimes it's 
same old fighter. Um, he said he's going to be a little more active. Don't be you know, surprised if he lays old boy out. The Barrios has got to be pretty confident right now. You know? Like I said, hey, kudos to him. This is an easy fight for him. But if you're going to take a name, either by decision or late TKO, by decision or late TKO, and if it goes to the cards, you know, unlike what a lot of people thought Tank was doing against Barrios, I think Thurman will be controlling the ring more. And we'll see. I don't know. Will he make Barrios come to him and turn him into a come forward fighter and a guy that's going to bang it out more than that nice jab and all that? Like, this is going to be the battle of jab, too. And, you know, I'm interested in this fight, you know. Say whatever you want. But I got Thurman winning. Santa Cruz is going to win. I got Ramos winning, but I think the first chunk of rounds are going to be interesting. Now, with Neri and Castro, I got Luis Neri, but, man, he's been up all around. I got Abel Ramos. I'm going to go – I got to pick a kind of a big upset. I'm going to take a look at this if they ever put it on the odds. I don't know, but I – uh, I might go Ryan Carl. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, like I said, five out of the six fights, if three out of the four pop off, I'm not going to come back Monday morning quarterback and say that pay-per-view was shit, just like everybody said that it was shit. It's always horse shit. PBC puts out shit. I just feel like every fight now for PBC is paper. And I understand the sentiment of that, and I get it, but if Showtime was the network of the year, they're PBC. Not everything's paper, but yes, it does seem like... I don't know if they owe Fox fights from the time where they didn't do as much during COVID, because it was supposed to be four a year, and they only did back, you know, two a year. So, I don't know. Like, 2020, they did two. The uh, uh, Wilder Fury rematch, and then um, uh, Spence and Garcia to close the year. Uh, Danny. And then they did... Well, they only did one last year. Is that right? Oh, no, 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 no. They were doing Pacquiao-Spence. They did that, Pacquiao-Ugas, and then they did uh, Ruiz-Ariola. So instead of eight over a two-year span, they only gave Fox four. So does that mean these are the fights, that's why this is on there, or is it because of the guarantee thing? The guarantees are so high from the last few years of money flying around. I don't know. Anyway, that's that. Um, What do we got? What have we got? Um, yeah, I think I think that's it, right? That's all we got for fights. Or not all we got. It's actually a busy weekend. And I'll just admit, you know, I'm not. It is thirty nine ninety nine, by the way. I actually just got that updated, and I'm seeing Jake uh, said it thirty nine ninety nine. He tweeted that. Oh, okay, so that's right. This tweet. Someone asked Jake, do you believe the price point is proper for that fight? Talking about Thurman Barrios. He said about as proper as having to pay 
$49.95 for the Don King pay-per-view extravaganza, and then a week before this one, um, just hours before the pay-per-view. It is funny how these pay-per-views just get brushed aside. Like I said, Dan Raphael is out there not only pumping up this pay-per-view and shitting on this, you know, pumped up last week's Don King pay-per-view and, and literally doing interviews around it. Clearly got a sponsorship out of it. But then shitting on Thurman Barrios, and then at the same time calling the title, WBA title fight, tweeting, title fight. But then the wretched, it used to be hashtag wretched WBA. It's, it's just a fucking joke with some of these media guys and gals. But mostly guys, if we're being honest, as far as uh, the joke part. Anyway, that's it, right, for the weekend? Yep, that is it. That is it. Um, what do we got here? We're going to – oh, by the way, well, we know Taylor and Serrano – got finalized. Um, ESPN Plus picked up Amir Khan and Kel Brook, which I'm happy about, so I don't, you know. Um, Michael Coppinger did talk about how funny DeZone, Matchroom, has offered Canelo a two-fight deal to fight Demetria Bibble in May and then Golovkin in September whereas the BBC's offered Jamal Charlo on uh, May 7th. Because remember, the two- and three-fight deal, didn't Eddie talk about, well, that? what's the point of being a free agent? What's the point of being a free agent? Because remember, um, last year, Al Heyman was trying to, say, do that May-June or May-September thing, too, or a two-fight deal, you know, one in September, one in May, or whatever. Um, to fight Benavid, Char- or not Charlo, but Plant and then Charlo. Or, no, it was a three-fight deal, wasn't it? Plant, Charlo, Benavides, I think it was. And, and I remember Eddie saying, and don't get me wrong, I just gave Eddie credit for the uh, replacement opponent this week and then Julio Cesar Martinez as well. But remember, he's like, well, what's the point? What's the point of being a free agent? He doesn't want to do the three-fight. Well, he offered him a two-fight deal. Huh. Kind of funny. Kind of funny how that works. Kind of funny. Um, but either way, I would take either one. <laughs> so I'm good. Um, according to Boxing Social, oh, yeah. So this is a father and trainer of Boots Ennis. He tells Boxing Social that his son, next fight, will be a one, an IBF 147 title eliminator, eliminator and looks to be set against uh, Clayton Custillo, Clayton, who actually, had, most people thought he beat Lipinets and wanted to see him in that fight. So I'm actually, I'm actually good with that. Clayton is another good fighter. Solid fighter, nothing crazy, but I like it because he gets more rounds against a quality fighter. Nothing crazy, like I said, but good. And then he also gets an IBF final eliminator. So that tells you he's going to be able to uh, fight someone for a damn title. 
and I'm assuming, you know, I'm assuming that you know, it may even be for – he may take some step-aside money, matters what Spence does, or Ugas. we got to get – you know, Ugas could win that fight. By the way, I anticipate – because this is usually how the PBC and Fox do. They usually will get their next fight, so I wouldn't doubt if they have a March – if they have a March box fight, they'd announce that. Maybe not, though. Maybe they won't. I'm not sure. Um, but they were saying April, right? I'm guessing, right? It's just a guess. I'm guessing that it's going to be either April 9th or April 16th for that Ugas fight. Now, maybe it's in March. Could be in March. Um, that is a possibility, but er- Errol did say, well, Ugas said March or April, but remember, Spence said April, as if it was a done, you know, the, the date was already done. Now, you're probably not going to go head-to-head with them, two pay-per-views in one day, Tyson Fury and White, and then that. Could be, though, I, I doubt it. I doubt they go the 30th. Maybe, though, but I doubt it, because a week, no, they're not going to go the 30th, because the next week, is going to be Canelo Charlo, is my assumption. And that's going to be on pay-per-view. So I'm assuming it'll be April 9th or April 16th. And maybe, I'm assuming Fox has it. Now, who knows? Maybe Showtime sneaks up and grabs it. And I know that Showtime CBS, I believe that weekend of April 16th is the Masters, one of the biggest, probably the biggest golf tournament of the year. So... My point is they're not going to bleed into it or anything like that. I'm just saying like they'll they could advertise during that time. But yeah, April 9th or April 16th is my guess. April 2nd, I doubt they do it because that's when the final four is on and popping. Um, you know maybe CBS. You know if Showtime grabbed it, maybe they'd be like, hey, we'll advertise during that because those games don't go super late that day. I don't know. But either way, my point is, long story short, what do you know? I'm rambling. I can't believe it, right? Um, They're going to announce Spence Ugas. If it's with Fox, my guess is they're going to announce Spence Ugas. That's my guess. What's the other card? I just don't know. I don't know for a fact. I've heard some, some rumors. I've heard, I've seen some people talk about it. I don't know. According to Chris Mannix, not one of my favorites in the boxing media, he says Demetrius Andre intends to vacate the 160-pound title, move up to 168 to face Zach Parker with the winner to become the mandatory for Canelo. Okay? And oh boy, who he was going to be, well, was mandated to fight, um, who was that? Jukin Jukinbamev or whatever the fuck? What's his name? I can't remember his name. But uh, he said, "Oh, that's okay. In a year, I'll be up at 168 anyway. Trying to get your mando, trying to get a mando for you. That was kind of funny. Um, but I get it. You know, I, I get it. Um, but I, I, I don't think that'll really do much. Because what? I mean, you got to go up there and win it. Then when's the last time that one was called? When was the last time the WBO was called? 
Was that Callum Smith? Did he have did he have that? That was Callum Smith. Oh no, maybe that was WBA. God, I can't remember. Anyway. Um, I did see that there was oh yeah, Liam Beefy Smith against Jesse Vargas. That was going to be a main event here in the States. Well, it's still in the States. Now it's a co-feature. I think it's a co-feature. April 30th on Serrano and Taylor. Kudos. Kudos to that. I guess it's both Jake and Eddie. I like that. That's dope. That's a good undercard fight. That's a good mid-level fight. And also, Cruz Desern, what is it, Desern? Desern? And Cedarus, uh, God, I'm just, I'm messing this up. I think it's Cedarus, Cedarus, Cedarus. Anyway, for super middleweight supremacy, that's on the undercard as well, April 30th. So they're really hooking up. They got a, a big woman's fight in the main event, the biggest, right, they say. Well, shit. They got another woman's fight in a good, you know, Liam Smith and and, and uh, Jesse Vargas. I like that. I like that. By the way, this is Darren Rollville, a sports uh, guy. <laughs> he said, this is Nielsen ratings, 60% of Americans using television uh, when watching the NFL games were tuned in on their TV. 60% of televisions were tuned in. That's not even the Super Bowl. Wow. Okay. What else we got for fight news? Oh, this is actually what I think. Here's a fight that might be on. Well, actually, this is uh, Boxio Cubano. BoxioCubano.com. They're talking about oh, Los Angeles. Okay, so this this is my guess is. This is on the undercard of Castaño and, and Charlo, the rematch. Because from the sounds of it, and I'm still going to call it that, Staples Center. So the Staples Center, it sounds like, because it says Showtime, and my it says Los Angeles. Now, they could fight other places in Los Angeles. We know that. Yo, Elvis. Gomez against Jorge Cotto. Gomez, who's you know an uh, you know up and coming uh, prospect for the PBC at a uh, 54. It's like Jorge Cotto is just a good fight for him. He should win it, but that I could see that being on the undercard. Why not? It's 154 anyway, right? I, I'd say sign me up for that shit. Sign me up. But by the way, they have until, did I say that right? Business day, February 21st, um, is when Dillian White and Tyson Fury have to have their contract signed, sealed, and delivered. I think I said that right. Pretty sure I said that. Um, oh, boy, Jurgovic. Is that what, how you say it? Jurgovic? He's still in search for a foe for that IBF title eliminator. Gassiv and Ruiz, both cited injuries, declining the offer. They will not be ready. Oh, here, here we go. WBA orders 
Trevor Bryant against Daniel Dubois. They got a fight by July 27th or 28th. I'm sure June 28th. It has to take place by so Dubois and Bryant, which, you know, it's a good mid-level fight. I'm not counting it. But also, also, um, Hellenius and Huey Fury are fighting, and they got to be matched by that same July 28th, and I'm assuming the winners are going to fight each other. Now that is a heavy tournament. No, you know, not the mid-level. Those aren't bad. I'm kind of just messing around. Those aren't horrible on the mid-level. Those aren't horrible. I, I did see a couple people say, talk about this uh, DAZN interview from Mauricio um, Herrero and how he says, the franchise de- designation goes to the facts. It has led to Teofimo versus Lomachenko. Lomachenko against Cambosis. It has led to Ryan Garcia being active. It has led to Ryan Garcia being active. Devin Haney against a great champion, Linares and Jojo Diaz, because he was trying to, you know, make some sense of his franchise belt. But he slipped and said Lomachenko against Cambosis. Now I've always I've always said that I think Cambosis and Haney. I'm sorry. Haney and Lomachenko have the best shot at landing that fight. That's what I've always, I kind of just assumed, um, just given the scenario. So that would be, you know, like that that works for me. Um, Either one of them. But did he let the cat out of the bag is what we're asking. Did he let the cat out of the bag and say, hey, that fight is actually done. You know, we're hearing everything. We're, we're hearing that, you know, first we heard Cambosis sent offers to everybody. Then he was telling, you know, Devin Haney, hey, we're waiting for an offer from you. We've heard uh, Oscar De La Hoya say about Ryan Garcia that they're working out a two-fight deal, so they both fight once. Um, what is it, April 9th or April something that uh, – I think it's April 9th, April 2nd, something like that, that Ryan Garcia's back. He's going to, you know, he hasn't fought since last January, so they probably want to get him out once and then later in the year fight. Well, maybe it is a mediocre fight in Australia in a big stadium, and then he fights Ryan Garcia, but they're talking about a two-fight deal. Um, and Bob Arum definitely, you know, is, is trying to finagle that, that fight for his guy Lomachenko. Which, like I said, I've always kind of thought that that was the that was the thing, but we'll see. Um, his promoter Lou DiBella, and then Peter Kahn is his manager. Uh, they're in discussions. They continue to you know ne- try to negotiate, and some have said that's a two fight package with Lomachenko as well. Um, so, and like I said, representatives for Ryan Garcia have said that too. So. Any combination of that, sign me up for it. I'll sign right on the dotted line. Sign me up. Okay. Oh, someone sent me this according to uh, fucking Mannix. Uh, Haney asked for $5 million to fight Loma. That's what he's saying. Because there was that there was that video. I actually saw a clip on this on, on uh 
on Twitter too. Someone posted it. I can't remember what it was from. Otherwise, I would tell you the source. But um, it was with Bill Haney, and he said, you know, they haven't even sent us an offer, so we don't even know what the hell they're talking about. And and then now they're talking about that Haney. Because I think Eddie Hearn said something that, Devin, you shouldn't press yourself out or something like that. I never heard him say that, but I've heard multiple people say that, so I don't know. But someone just sent me, Mannix said that Haney asked for $5 million to fight Beaumont. Well, if it's reported that he either got 4 or $5 million to fight Jojo Diaz, then why wouldn't he offer, you know, why wouldn't he try to get $5 million uh, to fight Lomachenko? You could say he's overpaid. That's cool. But you know, I can understand why he's doing it because if he's getting that kind of money, that's the problem. That, that's the whole problem with what we're talking about with Gervonta Davis. I mean, how much money do you got to give Devin Haney in that scenario? Get your money, Devin Haney. Matchroom's paying, overpaying you? Cool. I'm not hating on Danny, uh, Haney at all, but it does cause an issue for JoJo. If you're fighting JoJo Diaz, and that was uh, – Ioli, but either way, four million. How much are you gonna ask the fight tank? You know, I don't know. Here's Kevin Cunningham. Um, it's real sad how inactivity is killing fighters' careers. What's even sadder, fight, fighters nowadays act if they're okay with the inactivity. That's, that's well said. Oh boy, here we go. Here we go. This is uh, <laughs> oh boy. Okay, this. A title to a article recently. Should we start considering whether Canelo could be the greatest of all time? Progress has tweeted he beat like 20 different fighters, but he's had two fights since Josh Taylor. Oh, that he would beat like 20 different fighters, but he's had two fights since Josh Taylor in 2019, both not good opponents. I like Regis and his skills a lot. Not a diss, but I'm tired of the talk. I want to see some action versus the, the, the top guy next. Well, you ain't going to get it with this next fight. But I hear you. He, he does a lot of talking, but it's like, all right, dude. And I'm not saying it's 100% his fault, but his first fight, there's not much in that. I mean, sure, it could be entertaining a little bit, but that's not a top-level opponent. So we'll see. We'll see. If White doesn't fight for a world title, it may be the worst decision he's ever made. I would have to agree with that. Lefty, uh, well, actually, uh, Bab said, I tweeted, I refuse to believe, and I'm with him here, I refuse to believe that a man is dumb enough to pass up a career-high sum at this stage. Probably will try and fight a losing battle for a few more weeks, then sign the fight. And I agree. You know he's he's still in, he's already in arbitration with him for in trying to sue him right so they're trying to work out their differences. Why not try to finagle? Why not? I heard multiple people um, say that Dillian White's brother was talking about. Well, I mean, even the 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 broadcasting you know the broadcasting won't be as good if it's on you know BT in Sky or whatever. He's, he was like kissing Eddie's, you know, it's the, the broadcasting actually is what we really care about or some shit. I didn't see that interview, but I keep hearing people talk about it. But then Lefty had 
Worst thing to happen to White is Wilder losing. Now he no longer has the boxing media on his side. Because if that was 80-20 split against Wilder, they'd be saying the WBC is doing him dirty. He's a big draw in the UK, but the boxing media will never go against top rank. And that is such a true statement. We're not talking about boxing fans going hard on top rank and Bob. We're talking about media members. Some part-time media members, sure, but not many. Um... Why not match Charlo with Mabuko or Makabu in the winner face Canelo? <laughs> Come on, dude. So, so Charlo has to go up to cruiserweight from 160 to get the Canelo fight? Okay. All right. Sure. This is uh, Calix Boxing. The problem I see with these boxing content creators on YouTube is once they land an interview with a fighter, they're no longer able to give an unbiased opinion on that fighter going forward. They don't want to lose the access to that fighter. And I agreed with this tweet a lot. That's why it's on the, the tweet of the week. That's well said, and you see it all the time. It's one of the reasons why I don't do as many interviews, because you'll do an interview, and then later in the show or the next show, somebody from their team will be listening, and you'll, you'll, or, you know, you'll pick against them. They'd be like, dude, fuck that. We ain't going on this show anymore, you know. I'm not saying everybody does it, but um, I'm just honest about it. I mean, when Jamal Herring, I remember that's one of the last interviews I've done, actually. Um, I He came on the show and said, hey, I'm not going to mess around with you, Herring. Mr. Herring, I did pick against you against Edo, you know. I did. I, you know what I mean? I did. Um, but, yeah, that is an issue. That's a major major issue and just access in general you see that media and part-time media you know calling out a certain platform bbc and, and then letting top rank and golden boy and eddie let them fucking just run rapid no problem you know my point is call a spade a spade if you don't like this then don't like this about everybody I mean, that, that's the that's the basic shit anyway i'm gonna get out of here enjoy the fights we'll be back next week Hope you guys have a great weekend. Peace out. Once you become the world champion, I believe that.